0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, as we have begun this season of Advent, I'm overwhelmed by uh, undeserved divine blessings. All the blessings of God are, in a sense, undeserved. We have really done nothing to... Uh, to warrant life, happiness, <clears throat> the, the the things that we have, and how God has, in His mercy, uh, became man, uh, emptied Himself for our salvation, and how uh, really overwhelming this thought is. It gets shadowed by the busyness and other things of the season. But the whole idea that really confounded even the angels, that the Son of God became the Son of Man in the womb of the Virgin for the salvation of the world for us undeserved servants. And so what do we spend our time doing? Growing crops and building barns. So we do. All this overwhelming blessing, all these undeserved divine mercies, and what we spend our time doing? Building, growing crops and building barns and worrying about them. That's what we spend our time doing. So, how's your portfolio? So, that that word used to be really kind of exciting to people, now it's a little devastating to some. But we, we spend our time kind of building our houses and buying our homes and, and setting ourselves up for this life. I think we've been humbled a bit financially. That's a good thing. Humility is a good thing. Humility is a treasure in heaven. You can't take your portfolio to heaven take humility to heaven and even in building the church building this for 27 8 30 years or so we've been desiring to build a church and finally God is giving us an opportunity will that become a barn will that become some kind of just physical effort we make or have we gained patience have we gained forgiveness have we gained long-suffering? Have we gained humility? Those are the treasures that need to go in that, that church. Those are the things that, need, that, that God needs to see. How about church ministry? We have, I think, 23 ministries. You know, those can be barns, too. I remember Father Richard telling me one time, we had something here that was so powerful. It was called St. Anthony's Academy of Orthodox Theology. We had Father Gordon Walker, Father Richard Ballou, Father John Braun, Father Jack Sparks, Father Peter Gilk was living here teaching in this academy. We had Father Alexander Schmaman, Father jo- John Meindorf here, Father Thomas Hopko came to the academy, Father Michelle Najem and a a, a renowned world scholar all came to the academy. This was the place where God was going to build the kingdom. It's now a little ministry up in Sacramento that serves prisoners. I remember Father Richard telling me one time, he said, you know, Father Nicholas, if this this academy dies with me, it's fine. Because I don't want it to be a barn. I don't want it to be a barn. So we can have we can have powerful things. We can be doing wonderful things, and if they're simply growing crops and building barns for the sake of growing crops and building barns, that will not be a productive thing. Remember, we were struggling with St. John Academy of, uh, of uh, St. John Damascus Academy, which uh, no longer is. Pray one day we may be able to resurrect it. And I was talking to Father Thomas Hopko. And he said, you know, it's a struggle when you come to places in your life where your ministry, that which you've placed a lot of energy into, becomes an issue. And he was staying the night with us, and I was talking to him about this, and he said, you know, Father Nicholas, I told the people at St. Vladimir Seminary that God doesn't need St. Vladimir Seminary. What he needs is holy people. He can get along without that. So even with 23 ministries, God bless us with virtue. With virtue. I'd rather have 23 virtues than 23 ministries. I'd like to have 23 ministries and 23 virtues. Let's let's shoot for the maximum. What about the disappointment in relationships? Have you ever been disappointed in a relationship? Anybody out there? There's a lot of lying people out there. If your hand is not up, is that your barn? Is that where you build? That's that where you grow your crops placed in a relationship? Every relationship will disappoint you. Let me say that again. Every relationship will disappoint you. We're not perfect. We're fallen human beings. We struggle with stuff. We step on each other's toes. Don't build your barn there. You know what you can gain out of that disappointment? Forgiveness. Patience. Long-suffering. Humility. That's what you can get. That's the treasure in heaven. So I think we have, in a sense, been robbed of treasure by building barns and growing crops. We rob ourselves of treasure. What treasures have we been robbed of? When I was reading this epistle, I was, I was soaring. Because... I was disappointed in myself first because I felt like I was just not paying attention to what God has done. And I was out there building barns and growing crops, and I read this and I just said, My goodness, Lord, you've done so much for us. So much for me, and I'm just out there doing this other stuff. So may I encourage you with this. These are the words of uh, beloved saint paul to the church in ephesus he calls god he says who is rich in mercy god who is rich in mercy rich means that riches never runs out what i want you to understand here is that god's got a bucket and that bucket's full of mercy and guess what it's always tipped this way and guess where it lands on you. 24-7. It doesn't stop. Steadfast love. Steadfast mercy. He just pours it out on you. It doesn't stop coming. It doesn't stop. Wow. Even when you're sleeping. He's still pouring it out. He's rich in mercy. And then he says, with the great love with which he loved us. The great love with which he loved us. That love, beloved, is unconditional. That love is, Father Hopko called it, I love this term, he says, God's love is ruthless. It's ruthless. He doesn't stop loving you. You can't do anything to stop him loving you. Nothing. Nothing. I remember a story, uh, a time in my life. I don't know uh, where all you are in your life, but you'll probably have to come to this at some point. I was about twenty-four years old, and I had to go to my father and apologize for everything I did between the time I was sixteen to twenty-four. Sometime you'll have to do that. You'll have to go to your father and say, "Dad." You know, I was kind of a raucous teenager. I'm sorry. And I went to him. And I explained to him the things that I was sorry for. And I said, Dad, please forgive me. He'll never forget this. He said, he said I already have. He said, I already have. It blew me away. His love was unconditional. Unconditional. It really, in a sense, didn't matter what I did. He he just forgave me. I already have. I remember the moment he said that. I remember I can see it when he turned around and said that. So when we go to God and beg for his mercy, we need to know that love is unconditional. It's always flowing toward us. And then he says this. That even that love came to us, even his work came to us when we were dead in our trespasses. When we were dead in our trespasses, God came. He didn't wait for us to get better. You know, as parents, we're really good at waiting for our kids to get good and then rewarding them. You know, God doesn't do that. God does reward good. But he comes to us even in our trespasses. You know, there's a great story, and I encourage you to read it, and I'll read parts of it to our kids during uh, this season of uh, Pascha. It's called Wolfman Tom. Here was a vicious criminal that was was killing people. And God came to him in the person of a little boy in a crib. And the little boy gave this vicious man who was about to... hit him on the head and take his life he took up a little little uh, Easter egg and he said Christos vosgresi." Christ is risen and he handed it to this criminal and the criminal put down his, his club and became a saint in the middle of our trespasses God visits us wow so pay attention. Pay attention. Maybe in the middle of something that you're struggling with. You know, sometimes we got that idea that we've got to get better. We've got to get better. Well, yeah, you do. You're right. But God will come even where you are. So be be excited about that possibility. Pay attention to that. Where you are, God will visit you, even if you're dead in your trespasses. And then he says, we're made alive together with Christ. This is is still what confounds the angels. That God has entered man and joined his life to man's life. You know, we say this. We say that everything that God is, everything that Christ is by nature, we become by grace. Because we're united to his life. You can be Christ like because why? Where is his life? I want you to put your finger up like this everybody. That means everybody. And then I want you to point right there. That's where his life is. Wow! The creator of the universe, divine energy, all virtue, all possibility. Right here. It makes building barns and growing crops not quite so important. And then he says, he raises up with him. You know, uh, we have a choice in life. We have a choice to live in this reality With all its struggles and disappointments. Or we can live in this reality. The greater reality. And rise above them. It's a great prayer to the mother of God. It says raise me above this world's confusion. Would you like to be raised above this world's confusion? You know you have been. You have been raised. But you have to choose to live there. We can live down here with all this stuff, or we can live up here, raised above it. We still have to deal with it. But when we're raised above it, we deal with it in a very different way. Very different way. There's an old story. um, This uh, Indian uh, wise man comes to one of the tribesmen and says, You know, each person has a wolf and a lamb into them. And he says, the young man says, well, I understand that, but who wins? He says, the one you feed the most. You have a choice to live up there or to live down here. You feed this or you feed this. Have your ideas. You can feed the lamb and starve the wolf do it it's a choice you can live in this reality or this reality so god help us with that Um, and then he says made us to sit with him in the heavenly places you know when you come to holy liturgy you come to heaven you you can remove yourself step out of the world a bit and step into this reality of this divine reality. And be raised into a place of peace, a place of joy, a place, a place of love. And, and, be, and be pulled away from these things. And so, uh, what a joy for us. And then he concludes by saying, In the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus not for our own doing, but as a gift from God, again, back to undeserved divine blessings. So what I would say, using our Advent theme, is come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, to me, to us. Allow us to see the joys of what you have done for us, the beauty of our salvation, your mercy, your love, your rich life that you've placed in us. Help us to, to, uh, to be responsible to the barns and the crops, but not be ruled by them. May, may God bless us this Advent season and be so overwhelmed by these wonderful blessings He's bestowed upon us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.